we need some coffee passing around. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Baltic. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Tori, Chuck Knox, Waterboy, and Dr. Everett. Um, oh, my gosh. Piper. Piper. I, I don't know why. You got two, you got two first serious. names. I'm dead serious. Are you serious? I'm dead serious because I can't remember his name because he's it's from because Oklahoma. because you got your education he's in from Texas. <laughs> this is going to be a good show. If you, guys, if you guys want to be in uh, contact with us, email us at crosspolitik at gmail.com. Uh, uh, and also make sure. Oh, that's horrible, Toby. How do you spill the goods? I don't know. Uh, this the show's going. Stick just the preaching. All stick, wrong. Stick, stick the this, preaching. This right. is live, right? Uh, yes, it, yes, it go, is. Man, yep. Look at that. Look at you. You're ready. Yeah. So, hey, this summer, we are going to be participating in a Bible reading challenge. You can actually go to ChristKirk.com forward slash Bible reading challenge to check this out. It's a... No, it's just Bible challenge. Oh, Bible challenge. Okay. www.ChristKirk.com forward slash Bible challenge. The hashtag's going to be... Hashtag same page summer. I don't know what same page summer. Yeah, we're still, who, who is the social media person on that one? That that's uh, a fail. But the reason why we're doing this is we want to encourage everybody for just for three months to try to get in some good habits and some, some good Actually, patterns. Actually, we want to encourage people not just Longer for three that, months for their whole life to yeah, read the Bible. But this is a this is a short stint yeah. in in being able to start creating those kind of habits. Yes. And we believe that you know all of Christ for all of life for all the world, and and the Bible is where we get that that uh, encouragement from. So uh, join us in that. There's, um, do you want some coffee? I'm going to pass on that. You okay. guys are dangerous with that. Thing. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell yeah. me about it. He's like, he's like so, you're going to pour it on me. We're going to be doing this. I'll send out an email link uh, to uh, everything, and there's a whole checklist that you can get on the Bible Challenge. Uh, yeah, there's actually a, link a, a, a printable um, a sheet for men, PDF. for women, yeah. a PDF that you can download. You can share it at church. Um, and it has that, but we went, went over the whole New Testament this summer, basically. Yeah. So yeah. it's just jumpstart, kickstart mm-hmm. your Bible reading. If you feel like you've been slouching, you feel like you've been falling behind, you haven't been on top of it. Hey, hit no the reset worries. button. Let's hit the go. reset. Yeah. Let's all get on the same page. Get it? Yep. Same page summer. Check it out. Hashtag oh, same page summer. Right. Okay. I have a pressing question. Are you cousin to John Piper? I am not. Okay. Uh, fail. No, not right. Uncle. I'm not related no. that I know. Grand- I would be proud to say so if I were. And <laughs> yes. no, I couldn't be his grandfather. Thank you. <laughs> so, I don't know. Y'all, y'all Oklahomans can... Found a youth out there in Oklahoma. Dr. Everett <laughs> don't Piper. Don't go there, Dave. Dr. Everett Piper is the fifth president, the fifth president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He served there for 15 years. Is that accurate? Is that still... 17. Current? Yeah, 17. see, that's how these yeah. bios work. you got to check on the numbers. 17. 17 years. Um, oh, and when was Oklahoma Wesleyan University founded? 1909. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Oh, wow. Um, Dr. Piper has become known for his defense of intellectual freedom. We're going to put his intellectual freedom to a test today on the show. Yes. (laughs) Um, He is the author of Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas, which I'm I'm going to get. I like the turn on that. Um, He he wrote an open letter that went viral a few years ago called This Is Not a Daycare, It's a University, which we're going (laughs) to talk to him about. In the second really segment, yeah. um, which has now become a book, right? Correct. It's not, not a daycare. daycare. Not a daycare. The devastating consequences of abandoning truth. Oh, man. Um, Dr. Piper has been on pretty much every news outlet yeah. that exists. Yeah. So, I, I love your inter- as important as this one. Uh, Amen. Including Why did it take you so long to issue the invitation? Right? Uh, Thank you. Dr. Piper, How much are we paying you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. He attended Spring Arbor University for his undergraduate education. He earned an MA from Bowling Green State University and a PhD from Michigan State University. Ooh, he, and his, he and his wife, Marcy, 
along with their two sons, Seth and Kobe, have um, they've been you've been there since August 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. And um, you actively participate in the community, the Wesleyan Church, and you serve on a variety of councils and boards. Thank you very much for being on Cross yeah. Politics. Y'all baptize kids here. over there? I'm sorry? Y'all baptize kids over there? We do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We baptize them. When they're babies? <laughs> no. Oh. So that's, no. That's Charles Wesley. Oh. Yeah. That's Charles, not John. <laughs> that's strike two. I just we, want you to we, know. We'd be Charles we, Wesley people. Our mission in life is to try to baptize those folks south of the Red River and get them saved. <laughs> oh. He's <laughs> talking about the promised land. He's, He's talking about already baptized. Texas. He's talking about Texas. I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. That's so here, we're going we're gonna to play a game here. No, no, we, no. We're not. We are? No, no. First, we're going to play a clip. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Because that's re- right. recently, one of the Hunger Games 2020 candidates was in the news explaining how he plans to solve world problems, and we want to get Dr. Piper's take on him. United States. Mr. Mayor, among the ideas you've supported during this campaign are Medicare for All, the Green New Deal, erasing existing student loan debt, and reparations. The trustees of Social Security yesterday came out with a report saying that the that the costs will exceed the income by next year. So a lot of people will look at your ideas and say they look great on paper, I like them in concept, but we already can't pay for the programs we have. How do we introduce all these new expensive programs? What do you say to them? Yeah, and during the course of the campaign, like other candidates have started to. Uh, I'm going to release plans, including how we would pay for those things. But in essence, we're going to repeal these Trump tax cuts. We're going to go beyond that by asking more of people at the very top and also big corporations. There was a very insightful article a couple of days ago. I think folks can look it up in Yahoo Finance about 60 well-known American companies that didn't pay any federal tax last year. Amazon being the best example of that. And so um, yeah, I believe that there are other things that we can do to raise significant revenue. So great ideas, Where right? Where to start? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to try to remember them all. Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what was the other one? Reparations. Reparations. Oh, that was in there. Um, cutting cutting the tax cuts. Yeah, uh, repealing. Paying for college. Repealing. Yep. Uh, paying for college. Yep. Um, and making sure that those who are in the upper income brackets pay more. Pay paying more. Their fa- Fair share. Fair share. And the 60 corporations that didn't take pay federal tax. Yeah, including yep. Amazon. Okay. Yep. So, Dr. Pipers, these are good ideas. I wrote an article for the Washington Times a few weeks ago, and I said I titled it The Party of No. And I referred to some of the ideas that are coming out of the Democratic Party right now. No cars, no planes, no gas, no God, no bullets, no Bible. No cows, because we can't have cows any longer because of flatulence is going to cause green uh, the greening of the earth. So this is a party of no common sense. This is a party of no morality. And the irony right now, the irony right now is Joe Biden, when asked what his motto would be for his campaign, he said, make America moral again. Infanticide again. Uh, this is the party. They're talking about morality. And right. This is the party right. that advocates for post-birth abortion. Mm-hmm. This is a party that has dumbed down the definition of the human being to nothing but the sum total of our base inclinations. So if you're inclined to do it, that's your identity and that's mm-hmm. your minority status and that's what you are. This is the party that denies women the right to their sport, to their shower, to their bathroom, oh. to their scholarship. This is the party that's going to make uh, America moral again. <laughs> right. yeah. This is the party of no. It's the party of no morality, no money. This is the party that stands for nothing other than the God they see in the mirror rather than the God that they might find in the Bible if they bother to open it. Well, just play the music. Play the music. We're done. We're done. Wrap it up. up. (laughs) Is this supposed to be bipartisan? (laughs) Do we have another mic? We have a 
mic for this man to drop. We need a mic <laughs> for him to All drop. All right, so so there's 21 presidential candidates, a Democratic presidential candidates in the race. We've we've kind of named this Hunger Games 2020. You got a better it, name? It, yeah, do you got a better name than that? Hunger yeah. Games 2020. It's pretty I, I, good. I, I, kind of socialism. How about 1984? George Orwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Let's yeah. name it that. I st- oh, I'm I st- sorry. That, that was I still like taken. the Castro burrito. Castro burrito was that, another one. That that's pretty I, good. I was, one. I was trying because they're all trying to wrap a Castro programs up mm-hmm. in a burrito that they can make edible for the American people. Yeah. So, so that's speaking good. of and, and burrito, you know, goes with donkey a little bit. You know. Yeah. So like, that oh, was actually okay. Julian Castro that was Talking. on a previous clip. Yeah, that was yeah. Julian so, Castro. So we kind of want to play this game with you, like. A name uh, an association. So as soon as we say this name, what who is what comes to mind? It's like yeah, it's one of those like free association games. So Julian Castro. What uh, comes to mind? The same thing that would come to mind for almost all of the other candidates, and that's free Fidel. stuff. Free stuff. Free stuff. <laughs> well, free stuff is good, right? I like free stuff. Yeah, that's somebody's going to pay Club for it. Gets, okay. Okay. Who's going to pay for the free stuff? Amazon's going to pay. We're just going to create it out of thin air. <laughs> right. Well, Amazon. Again, no cash. You know, they don't believe in cash. They're going to print it. They don't believe in an economy that's solid. They want to create yeah. an economy that's artificial. Dr. Piper, why is, uh, why is taxing the rich, especially corporations? Because they're going to leave. Well, yeah. Why is that, why is that contradictory? Why is that insane? Why is that suicidal? They will leave. Yeah. They will go someplace else in some other country that's smart enough yeah. to give them a fair shake will entice them to leave America and to start their business where? Right. Somewhere yeah. else. And, and therefore, yeah. who's going to employ these people? And I mean, Ireland's, Ireland's already doing this. Exactly. Ireland holds a lot of our American patents. They're already starting yeah. to take it in. The, the other thing I always think of, too, is these people clearly don't understand um, the, the nature of how economics even work. Because um, those who have been most successful with money know how to use it. Mm-hmm. They know how to invest it and how to yeah. reinvest it. And, and like... Jesus says, "You who be faithful in little, be faithful in much." Many of them have had that experience, and you take the money, you penalize them basically for succeeding. You penalize them for doing well mm-hmm. and producing products and and supporting families and the economy and so so forth. And yeah, not only one do they leave, but they're going to take any success that they were bringing to the country away. Now, now, Toby, you're just defending the one percent. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I. Am. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say something. Just the other thing about. Con, uh, Taxes, uh, confiscatory taxes, tongue-tied there, is that it uh, denies people what I would argue is a God-given right to private property. Mm -hmm. You're going to take away their private property because that that doesn't exist any longer because it belongs to who? The government. So it ignores God. It elevates government as a solution to everything. And therefore, you have no private responsibility. You have no private uh, culpability. You have no private property. You have no private morality. Everything is the group as opposed to the individual. It's for the group of the, it's for the good of the collective rather than the good of the individual. And therefore, it all collapses because there's no individual motive or purpose or incentive to do anything. Just rely on somebody else. Don't conservatives do the same thing with taxes, though, as well? Don't they? They they don't mind uh, overtaxing. Right now, I think Trump has probably had the most tax cuts of any president. Um, conservatives don't have a problem overtaxing either. They just do it in different ways, right, for different things. 
Well, I think you'd have to define conservative. So many words have been twisted and manipulated. How about that? Okay, re- that's not necessarily the same <laughs> I, I thing agree, today. I agree. Okay. You have conservatives yeah. inside of Republicans. I, I, I would agree. argue a conservative is somebody who's a conservationist, who conserves the time-tested truths of God, because those have been proven over the course of time, through revelation, through common sense, reason, right, and right. experience, Amen. to work. Amen. There's a utilitarian reality to conservative ideas. Mm-hmm. They work. There's also a utilitarian reality to progressive ideas. They don't work. (laughs) Pay attention to history and don't keep committing the same mistakes over and over again. But Obama got us out of the economic slump. Pardon me? Obama got us out of the economic slump. Yeah, but it didn't happen until, what, two years into Trump's leadership? Well, there's always a delay. Oh, is that? Okay. (laughs) I saw a headline headline that said that the progressives, um, you know, their their, uh, motto is, this time it'll work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their motto. This, this time, time socialism. Will, this time it'll work. This time Marxism will work. Yeah. And socialism will work. Forget the seventy million people that have been executed underneath yeah. those worldviews. Right. We don't need to worry about that. Okay. We'll, we'll make it work this Another time. Another free association. Joe Biden. Uh, Uncle Joe. Ask mm-hmm. Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. Crazy <laughs> Uncle Joe. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Uncle Joe. There we go. Pete Buttigieg. Mama. Mama. Make America moral again. <laughs> Hashtag Mama. <laughs> All right. Do yours. What the. Never mind. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. He's redefining his own Jesus. He gets to decide what the Bible says. He gets to deconstruct it post-modernity. He gets gets to say, well, Jesus didn't really mean what the scriptures say. Jesus meant what I've decided he means, and therefore, I'm a more godly and faithful Christian than the orthodoxy of 2,000 years of the church. Mm. We call him Pinko Pete. (laughs) Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, uh, honeymoon in Russia. In 10 seconds. That's good. Uh, okay, I want to talk to you when we get back, when we come back from this break. How do we get here? How is it all of a sudden socialism and, and Marxism, it's all of a sudden good ideas and, and society seems to be biting off of that. We have a whole um, party leading with that. Just advertising. And advertising openly. openly. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. Dr. Piper next on Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show on The Daily Wire. I'm going to be speaking up in the chimney of northern Idaho this summer at Called Conference, which runs from July 15th through the 19th. I'll be giving my testimony, which is Christianese for the story of my conversion to Christianity, as detailed in my book, The Great Good Thing. And I'll be talking about why Christians should be involved in writing movies, like the movie I wrote, The Gosnell Movie. Called Conference is a worldview conference for Christian high schoolers. They want to challenge you to become the next generation of cultural leaders. So if you want to register, go to www.calledconference.ninja. I hope to see you there. Honeymoon in Russia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't even matter anymore, though. We're stealing it. We're stealing it. (laughs) Welcome back to Cross Politic. Thanks for joining us. With us today, we have Dr. Everett Piper. He is the fifth president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and he's with us in the studio today. You're talking about retiring soon, aren't you? Uh, Saturday, as a matter of fact. (laughs) I do the commencement here tonight. I fly home and do Oklahoma Wesleyan's on Saturday. 
I hand the presidential medallion to my successor, Seriously? and I'm out of there. Well, so what's wow. retirement look like for you? Oh, I'm going to do... Hey, you got a job here? <laughs> I mean, we, I do. Come cheap. we do. I come we cheap. do. We hey. just fired Toby. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> hey, we have another one. We can use another podcast. Yeah. If you, like. you need a little diversity. You need to get to balance this Texas nonsense that you got out here. Like a right. I'm That's all right. the diversity we need. <laughs> oh. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Chuck Knox. That's racist. <laughs> hey, listen, we need my diversity, okay? <laughs> so, Dr. Buck, in, in 2015, you got hit, like, you got the spotlight. Right. Big time. The fall of 2015, you wrote an open uh, letter entitled, This is Not a Daycare, It's a University. It went viral. Uh, I think it was republished in the Washington Post and a bunch of other places. So, recap for our audience, what led you to write that letter? And now it's been almost four <clears throat> years since then. I mean, have things gotten better, worse? Where are we at? You're retiring, uh, so you can say whatever you want. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Your job never stopped me before. Quite <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. right. That's they right. thought I was dangerous when I had the job. No. Yeah, yeah, no. All right. So the not a daycare story. Um, I've been writing for the local newspaper in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, for some 15, 17 years now. Yeah. Uh, generally, when I write for the Bartlesville Examiner Enterprise, five people read it and three people care. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but on this particular week, it was 2015, Thanksgiving week. We have required chapel at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I didn't go to chapel on this given day. I had something else to do. But afterwards, the speaker, who happened to be one of my vice presidents, called me up and he said, hey, were you in chapel? I said, no, I couldn't be there today. Why? What's up? He said, well, I had a student that played the victimization card on me after the chapel today. And I said, well, who spoke? I did. Well, what did you speak on? He said, you won't believe this. First Corinthians 13, the quintessential love <laughs> chapter of the Bible. Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. So you got to be kidding me. Our kid was offended with that? What did you say? Was there political humor? Was there sarcasm included in your intro? What? Send me a copy of your speech, because I know the speaker always uses a script. So I read it cover to cover. It was a simple, clear homily on 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. No humor, no politics, nothing. I was incredulous, and therefore I wrote my article in the paper that week on this issue, and I basically said this. Young man, that feeling of discomfort you had when you heard that sermon on love is called your conscience, and you might want to attend to it. And Mm. if you expect us to coddle you rather than confront you, if you expect us to make you feel comfortable rather than challenge your character, and if you expect us to start issuing trigger warnings before altar calls, you might want to go someplace else. A Mm. good sermon is supposed to make you feel guilty because we want you to confess your sins rather than feel comfortable in those sins. My land, we expect you to grow up here, and if you think otherwise, then go someplace else, because this is a university, it's not a daycare. Ooh. Oh. All right. Oh. Now, again. So you're basically, you didn't want that FTE, huh? Well, here's what happened. Somebody gave that op-ed to Glenn Beck. Oh. I still don't know to this day. Glenn Beck posted it on his Facebook and asked everybody to read it. By Thanksgiving at noon, the 80,000 people had read that. And within three weeks, three and a half million people had read it in a variety of different outlets. Drudge and Dreher and Limbaugh and Beck and U.S. News and World Report, Forbes.com, Oxford Newspapers, England, and even uh, NBC Today listed that story that I just described to you as one of the top 10 stories of all of 2015. Wow. Positive top 10 story? (laughs) Yeah, it was positive at that time. Now, when people started figuring out that I was a Christian, Ah, it's interesting how nervous they got about the critique. When I was just a university president, uh. they were NBC. The secular was were very interested in it, uh-huh. and f- 
to be fair, they continued to be. Uh, Bill O'Reilly and yeah. uh, and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. The point is, um, somebody needed to say it. Somebody yeah. needed to confront our culture, to confront our kids, and confront our parents and say, it's time to stop the childish, narcissistic pout, and it's time to grow up and accept responsibility and comfort isn't the end of the day. Your character should be the goal, mm-hmm. not you feeling comfortable mm-hmm. about the ideas. Mm-hmm. So I guess, the, how do we, you only have, this is only one student that you're confronting in this particular, right. so, but somehow it resonated with everybody else too. So everybody seems to be having this problem ultimately with the kids. So it's really nice that your university, this is only one, one child that you seems that you're dealing with. But how do we get here? Where this resonates so far, where we actually have candidates that are, you know, catering, uh, catering, catering, to that, yeah, to yeah, that to this. Person. I mean, you, we heard yeah. just a moment ago the mm-hmm. fact they want to pay for college. How do we get here? How did how did we get here? How do we get here? I think it's my industry's fault. It's Ooh. education's fault. Mm-hmm. We've created a monster. Decade in and decade out, we've been teaching self actualization. We've been elevating feelings over facts. We've been telling students that it's all about your identity. It's all about your inclinations. We have continued to imbibe this Kool-Aid mm. of narcissism and self-infatuation and self-actualization uh, at the expense of the objective facts that are revealed to us, quite frankly, in the Bible. So it's feelings versus facts. It's comfort versus character. Mm-hmm. It's money versus morality. All of it is upside down, and it goes back to my industry's fault. What is taught today in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in our culture. In fact, Abraham right. Lincoln said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of the government in the next. Yeah. Hitler said, Ooh. let me control the textbooks yeah. and I will control the state. Yeah. And after the Nazi regime was defeated, you had Richard Weaver, who wrote a seminal work titled yeah. Ideas Have Consequences. Why? Because he said we should have seen this monster coming. Uh, we should have seen the Nazi, yeah. Nazi regime, regime coming because it was the ideas that we as a German people taught the next generation. So why have we not seen this coming? I would argue some of us have, but okay. we haven't suffered enough of a negative consequence yet to correct. Mm. Mm. None of us like to be... None of us like to get rid of what makes us comfortable and fat and sassy until we have to. It's yeah. part of human nature. And I would argue right now as a church, as a culture, as a people, we're, we're still too comfortable. We haven't suffered a war. We haven't suffered oh. a financial cr- crisis. We haven't suffered great loss. And the reason you've got all this preening and pouting and prancing by the millennial generation is they've never had to deal with anything that's rough, mm. anything that actually challenges them. Helicopter parenting is partly mm. the, the response uh, responsible for this too. So then, what's going to shake us up? What needs to happen? What's the fix? You know, I fear that if we learn the lesson of history, it's going to be crisis that we will change when we have to, mm-hmm. and a leader will arise to help us navigate the crises of life. Now, like we, Trump. Uh, I was that's a, you gotta have, I was anti-Trump during the primary, yeah. but I actually am glad today because right. of some of his decisions right. that he's there. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's too. patted me on the head as an evangelical Christian, and he has shown me favor. Yeah. What he is in his own spiritual life, I don't know. Yeah. He may be a Constantine that had questionable morality sure. and questionable sure. spirituality. <laughs> sure. yeah. he, patted, it. <laughs> he patted the church on the head yeah. and he said, do your good work and yeah. thank the Lord for Christendom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's who Trump is, great. Thank you for God's providential grace. Yeah. Amen. But 
What often happens in terms of the what's necessary for uh, correction is either crisis or revival. Yeah, crisis or revival, and are we ready for one or the other? Comfort usually does not lend itself to change. So, as a university president, what are how are you steering to crisis or revival? How are you trying to lead? He's done. You what? I was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm saying it with with a new vision in your blood because you don't get fired anymore for that. (laughs) Actually, you can create a crisis on an individual level, which is good. Mm. My dad did it for me repeatedly. Uh Let me tell you what the crisis is going to be today, Everett, because you need to change your behavior and you need to grow up to be a moral man. My mom did it for me repeatedly. My grandparents did it for me repeatedly. So did yours. So how does the university do this? We need to confront rather than coddle. That is a manageable crisis. You create cognitive dissonance, dissonance between your comfort and who you should be as a man of character, and you push the student into that conflict, yeah. into that crisis, and then you guide them as a, as a Christian scholar and mentor toward a positive solution, yeah. the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture, but, rather than their opinion and their feelings. But isn't that what students are doing when they confront Ben Shapiro when he shows up on college campus? They're confronting they're confronting, but they're not willing to play by their own rules. Yeah. Okay, they want they want to be tolerant, they want to be inclusive, but yet they're the most intolerant and most exclusive people on the planet. They mm-hmm. actually will say stuff like this: "I can't tolerate your intolerance. Yeah. I hate you, hateful people." Yeah. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know nothing can be known, and you know what? I'm absolutely <laughs> confident there are no absolutes. Yeah. Yeah. This is self-refuting Man. nonsense yeah. at every turn. Yeah. That's yeah. what you see in the protests of Ben Shapiro. Yeah. So that's the outworking of postmodernism. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I wanted to ask you this too before we go. There's so much you have my head spinning. How much time we got left? Yeah, no. Okay, so but how did you confront postmodernism when it came to the campus? Because it came probably early two thousands when I started really seeing it pop up. Like culturally, culturally, yeah. yeah. What did you guys do? Because surely, surely it hit your campus. Well, again, we've got limited time, but I'm going to narrow down all of human history. Okay, um, into three things. Three minutes. Premodern, excuse me. Premodern, modern, and postmodern. Okay. Premodern was supernatural. Modern was simply natural. And postmodern is Superman. Mm. So truth during the pre-modern era of human history was supernatural. We trusted Moses. We trusted God's revelation. Modern was simply natural. If you can't taste it, touch it, see it, feel it, if it's not empirically verified, it's just not so. Postmodernity comes along and says, no, it's not supernatural. And it's not simply natural. It's Superman. It's the Ubermensch. I will decide I am God. It's the original sin. Mm. I don't need God any longer to tell me what's right or wrong, true or false, good or evil, or even male and female any longer. Mm. I will define everything. You did that in less than a minute. I did, didn't I? So so bring this this down to, like, um, practical, though. So that's – I think that's a great sketch of, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's exactly where we are. So how do you confront – or create crisis for somebody then who thinks that they're Superman. Superman As yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. The smartest man that ever walked the face of the earth. Right. God incarnate. The Imago Dei. The Word made flesh and dwelling among us. The creator of the universe. Jesus Christ. Didn't argue. Didn't debate. Look how he responded to an adversary. He almost never argued back. He would say, whose face is on the coin? Mm-hmm. Well, why do you call me Lord? Do you want to pick up the first stone and throw it? And then Jesus Christ, God incarnate, shut his mouth, and he let the broken ideas of a broken worldview implode upon itself. Mm-hmm. So how can we do the same thing? Well, can you tolerate my intolerance? Huh. Now, 
you say you're loving, but don't you kind of hate those hateful people? And are, are you sure nothing is sure? And are you absolutely confident there are no absolutes? Be quiet. Let their worldview implode upon itself because they don't know how to respond. Mm. They don't because nobody's ever asked them to respond to the self-refuting hypocrisy. That's really good. Of their own broken worldview. And you changing my mind about Oklahoma. <laughs> are you repenting right here? <laughs> changing my mind. Did you bring about, a crisis about you guys? <laughs> you want to get baptized? <laughs> Now that you're retiring, come this Saturday, how do we keep up with you? What are we? Where, where are you going to yeah, be blogging? Yeah, I would love to listen to a podcast that you're doing. What are you doing? You can follow me on Twitter. It's Dr. Everett Piper, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And you can follow me on the Washington Times. I write weekly for them in the oh. opinion section. Oh, very good. So what does it cost to get you to write for CrossPolitik once? Uh, we can talk. <laughs> we can talk. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't have a lot of money. We got 50 cents. Uh-huh. Well, but, you know, <laughs> 50 cents. y'all need to check out his new book. Yes. Find it on Amazon. Is that the best place to get it? Go to Amazon.com and What's it's not a daycare. Not it's a not daycare. A daycare. Yep. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Thank you, sir. That was great. It was a pleasure. That was great, man. That was fantastic. Really good.